0: What's going on, everybody? Paul Bissonnette here from the Spit and Chicklets podcast and now the TNT broadcast. I just want to give everybody a shout out and make sure you tune in to the ML Sports Platter. All right, back with you all over the major platforms. Mike Lindsley back with you. It's the ML Sports Platter. Go get it on Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, and anywhere else. You get your podcasts on your smartphone device. We are brought to you by Liverpool Physical Therapy, Welch and Company Jewelers, Stanley Law Offices, and Rosie's Corner. As you listen to this, it's Fish Friday. It's a big day. Fish Friday with all the amenities, all the sides that you could possibly want coleslaw, fries, mac and cheese. You can get the entree version or the sandwich version. And don't forget to order pizza and wings for all the games today, all the games tomorrow at Rosie's Corner, Burton Bridge, right in front of it, Route 11, right off the Bartell Road exit there if you're in and around Central New York. Gift cards are always available, and they do deliver via Grubhub and DoorDash, and brand new, you can order Rosie's Corner from the Slice app as well. Rosie's Corner is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. So this is going to be kind of a, uh, uh, well, first of all, it's an an all-NFL show, but I'm going to do a quick, quick recap of the NFL Super Wildcard weekend, and then a full preview of the divisional round games. The four games is we have eight teams to go. A um, couple of little things and side notes, and you know, where do teams go from here coaches, players, etc.? Uh, in certain circumstances, we'll spend way more time on the divisional round, um, most likely than, than the wildcard. Let's just rip through these games. Uh, the Bengals beat the Raiders 26 19. I thought, you know, this was obviously a wild game. I mean, the officiating was awful. Uh, The whistle, uh, you know, where all the Raiders' players stopped in the end zone and all the rest, since he got basically a free touchdown. Um, And, you know, the Raiders lost by a touchdown. Uh, Very rarely do I say, well, the officials cost a game, da da da. But that was a huge swing moment there. Um, Should not have counted. It's unfortunate for the Raiders. Um, You know, I don't know if it played the entire factor uh, with why they lost. Um, I I thought that, you know, in this game, Big-time players make big-time plays. Um, I thought Joe Burrow, again, was spectacular. Uh, you know, and you had Jamar Chase doing his thing. I mean, as long as those two guys have the football, uh, this Bengals team is is so scary. Um, and Burrow, you know, again, spread the wealth to his guys. They got just enough running out of Mixon and Chase. Uh, really, it was weird because Joe Mixon had 17 carries, and only had 48 yards. That's not a typical Joe Mixon game. Um, but the Bengals were able to hang on um, in this game. It was it was a tough game. It was a tough fight. The Raiders had a hell of a year with all the nonsense that they had to go through uh, to even make it to the playoffs. I think Versace deserves uh, to stay, um, at least, you know, run it back and, and see what he can deliver with a full season. Um, but uh, kudos to the Raiders. Good year for the Raiders. And the Bengals are moving on to the divisional round. Um the Bills beat the Patriots 47-17 to in one of the great quarterback performances you will ever see in the playoffs. Josh Allen basically tossed a perfect game, right? I mean, that's really what happened. 21 of 25 for 308 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, you talk about all these drives, seven for seven with touchdowns for the Buffalo Bills. His rating was 157.6. Which is, I think I read like a point in like 1.3 off of a perfect mark. Um, And his QBR was 98.5. Just a a crazy, you know, great, spectacular game uh, for Josh Allen. They were able to run the football uh, a lot here as well. You know, Allen, six carries for 66 yards. McKenzie on the jet sweeps, where I think the Bills are really dangerous when they get him going and they get, you know, more motion going. I think the defense. Is really guessing. I think Isaiah McKenzie, you know, should have never been benched from kick returns and punt returns. Although he's still kind of struggling with, you know, bobbling the ball here and there. But um, you know, I, I just think from from uh, the standpoint of offensive execution, he should have never been taken out of that offense as well. I mean, I just think that their offense so much, you know, is, is about McKenzie, <clears throat> you know, his jet sweeps and his action and his motion and. Um, You know, it showed again against New England. They were guessing a lot when McKenzie was in there. Uh, Singletary, 16 carries for 81 yards. And really, you know, how good of a day was it for Josh Allen? Well, he thought he was throwing the ball out of the end zone uh, to Dawson Knox, right? And um, instead, Knox kind of went up and made just a crazy great play uh, in the corner of the end zone uh, on just a wild... Long sequence for Allen, who bought time. Uh, Just an amazing, amazing deal there. Uh, 9.3 seconds, I think I saw uh, Allen, you know, was extending that play and running around and getting to the sidelines. And he thought he threw it away. And uh, instead, Dawson Knox caught it. Uh, You will not see, probably... uh, I mean, I'd I'd love to see somebody make a better play. The Micah Hyde interception was unbelievable because... For as great as Buffalo looked on the first drive. You know, New England moved the ball. They converted some third downs. Mac Jones found Henry on the right side. Mac Jones scampered for a third and long. And they were dissecting and, you know, breaking down the Bills' defense. And they were moving the football pretty good. And Mac Jones goes back to throw it to Aguilar up the left side. And it looks like single coverage and it looks like a perfect dime. It looks like it's going to go right in the breadbasket of Aguilar. And Micah Hyde comes over and just makes a Willie Mays-like catch. You know, full steam, full steam, full speed, um, unbelievable balance, great hands, over the shoulder, and just picks it clean. And the Bills get the ball back, it's a touchback, and then the Bills drive down and they score again. 10 plays, 80 yards over 5 minutes. Dawson Knox catches it again. That Micah Hyde play, basically shut down the Patriots, and the Bills were off and running from there. Because you don't, I mean, do I still think the Bills win? I do. But at 7-7, things are interesting. There's more chess pieces moved around, right? There's more adjustments being made. Bill Belichick, certainly in a 7-7 game, is in a better spot than a 14-0 game. That was an amazing play. Just an amazing play. And then the Bills rolled from there. I mean, it was drive after drive, balanced offense. You know, the Patriots got a little bit of a cheapie there. Um, You know, end of third quarter TD, end of the fourth quarter TD. The game was basically over at at that particular time. Um, You know, they they got some garbage points from the Bills' defense, a defense in which I I thought was just amazing. I mean, two interceptions. Remember, the Levi Wallace interception actually was huge too because New England, you know, got the ball back, and you started saying, okay, man, if they score here, you know, two-possession game, they're right back, and then bang. Matt Milano tips it. Levi Wallace catches it. Two interceptions for the Bills. They were ball hawks. They were all over the place. Uh, they had three sacks on the day. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds was awesome again. Active, stopping everything in the middle of the field. Taron Johnson all over the place. Matt Milano all over the place. I thought Jaquan Johnson came through with some really great, uh, you know, tackles. Um, you know, and the Bills' depth is really showing right now. Star Jerry Hughes, Boogie Basham all get sacks. You know, Dane Jackson's getting big-time reps. A.J. Klein, Levi Wallace has been really, really good uh, in terms of filling in, um, you know, for for Trey White. So, uh, and I know he would have been out there if Trey White's still in there, but what I'm getting at is that Levi Wallace becomes the number one corner with Trey White out, and he's just been great. The Bills dominated. It was frigid conditions. The crowd was unbelievable. Jim Kelly... Uh, uh, Thurman Thomas in the beginning of the game, repping Allen and Singletary jerseys respectively. Uh, the crowd was crazy. It was a, it was a Western New York holiday. It was it was a, a, a pasting of the Patriots, which you always like to see that team that coach. Um, you know, and and I was, you know, look, I didn't want New England. I, I'm the first to admit it, just because of the fact. And I picked the Bills to win. Um, by the way, I picked the Patriots exact uh, score, but I picked the Bills to score 23, not 47. Um, you know, I knew that I I thought they'd win, but again, it was just left out there. The Patriots like, oh man, you just, that team, you just don't want that team. Right. And that's all you could kind of think about. Uh, but you know, the bills got it done in grand fashion. Buccaneers pound the Eagles 31 to 15. Uh, this game was basically over at the half. Tom Brady was, uh, Tom Brady. He was super efficient. He used all his weapons and the eagles just you know they got down and that's the problem with philadelphia you get down you, you can't you can't come back with that offense it, it, you know nick Sirianni and his crew uh, they adjusted it to be basically a running attack and um, you know they they just got down they were down 17 nothing at the half they were down 31 nothing going into the fourth i give the eagles credit for putting 15 on the board but they just couldn't, couldn't come all the way back and by the way when that defense for the buccaneers plays like that i know brady gets a lot of the attention and all the rest That defense getting after Pat Mahomes last year in the Super Bowl, and now that they're getting people back and healthy, I mean, you get Shaq Barrett back, you get Levante David back, you're getting, I mean, the secondary was swarming. Uh, The D-line, Vita Vea, I I mean, they've got some major horses, you know, on that defense in Tampa Bay right now. Man, they're as dangerous as anybody to make it to the Super Bowl, and in their case, back to the Super Bowl. The 49ers beat the Cowboys 23-17 in probably the best game uh, of the weekend, um, the story, of course, is Dak Prescott at the end, just absolute stupidity, uh, absolute dumb-ass play call by Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore, um, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, Mike McCarthy, you can't blame him because it was the OC who called it this night, no, yes, you can, because the game management, the clock management, the decision-making, all of it was awful as usual, that's exactly why I picked the 49ers in this game, and I was exactly right. Mike McCarthy blew it. At the end of the game, you've got to know, and I'm not saying that they would have gotten a Hail Mary or whatever, but you've got to know there, well, hey, 14 seconds-ish, okay, here's how much time we have. Okay, if he slides at 8, we have that. You don't have any timeouts. That call was stupid. They were moving the ball with slingshots uh, to the sidelines, throw a rope to the sideline, get it out of bounds, and take a 25, 30, 35-yard shot to the end zone. They might have been able to, to cash in on two of those, it was absolutely stupid. Prescott slides, didn't slide early enough, first mistake. Second mistake was that, you know, tried to grab the ball and hand it off to his center and they say, you can't do that. The official has to touch it. The judge, the line, you know, the judge uh, uh, has to touch that, right? The line judge. He's got to, you know, the line judge official, whatever the hell he's called, he's got to, he's the guy who has to get up to center and grab the ball and place it, and then you can hike it. Um, Dak, again, mistake after mistake. This team is not buttoned up on the big stage. This team won 12 games this year. They hosted a playoff game, and they lost. One and done, they're gone again. And the Cowboys are just becoming irrelevant. They're they're a big money-making machine. They got Jerry World. They got big-time star power on both sides of the football. They win a lot of regular season games. But when it comes down to a crunch time situation, Dallas is horrible. And Mike McCarthy needs to be fired, as I record this. This is a disaster for the Dallas Cowboys. He's not the right guy for this team. I'm not saying Dan Quinn is. I'm not saying Kellen Moore is. But Mike McCarthy is not the right answer. And by the way, on that play call, Kellen Moore, you know, he called the play. Mike McCarthy was on the headset and approved it. If you don't believe it, go listen to all the Dallas Cowboy people. You know, go listen to Edward or go read, you know, the features. Go read the recaps. You know, go read all the beat guys from the Dallas Papers and, and 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 the athletic and whatever the case may be, like Mike McCarthy was on that headset and he he approved the play call. I just Dallas is a mess. Now on the San Francisco side, this is a good team. This is a really dangerous team. I know Jimmy Garoppolo makes his mistakes. Um, he got away with it again against Dallas. I don't think he can get away with those mistakes in Green Bay. We'll get to that weekend uh, here shortly. Um, I'm actually going a little bit longer than I thought I would with the Super Wild Card weekend, but I'll I'll quickly wrap up here. Um, but the Niners have a lot going on, man. Physical defense. Uh, I don't want to defend Debo Samuel. I mean, my gosh, he is electric. What an unbelievable cutback run he had. Um, you know, the 49ers right now, I mean, my God, could you imagine if they had an elite quarterback? 49ers might be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Uh, Chiefs beat the Steelers 42-21 to in just an absolute whitewash. Uh, a terrible towel. Uh, white, a terrible towel. Uh, cut up was Kansas City in this game. I mean, Kansas City's depth is really showing on offense, right? I mean, they're going to all kinds of guys. Um, you know, they've got a running threat in McKinnon. You've got Kelsey. You have Hill. Pat Mahomes' 400-yard game, 30 to 39 with five touchdowns, just absolutely absurd. Um, you know, and the defense did their part. Uh, Big Ben is is out retiring. Um, you know, we'll see what uh, we'll see what the Steelers do in terms of trying to go get a QB. Um, but Kansas City right now, who baby. You know, this team, they, they finished the year 10-2, right, in the last 12. A lot of people left them for dead. And uh, Kansas City right now is probably the hottest team in football and arguably the best team in football. And um, they're a handful right now. They really are. Uh, the Rams beat the Cardinals 34-11. to 11. This game was over uh, at the half. And, you know, the Cardinals have just – this is now back-to-back years – I don't think you fire Cliff Kingsbury. Um, You know, I I think you got to run it back and maybe give him a shot to, you know, finish strong next year. Uh, That seems to be their problem. Something just doesn't click there. I don't know if they were missing, you know, a patchwork locker room guy like Larry Fitzgerald. They brought in some veterans. A.J. Green was working. Uh, J.J. Watt was fine until he got hurt. Uh, there there's just not a lot there uh in, in terms of being buttoned up and closing and finishing. I don't know what the deal is there. And here's the other thing Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are 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 in sync with one another. You know, they brought in Kingsbury uh and you know, drafted Kyler Murray. They're just in sync with one another. They brought him both in for that's a pair. And I don't think you can break that up yet. I think you've got to still give it a shot next year. Uh, a couple of Cardinal high points. This team did go 8-1 and one on the road during the year, and they were 7-0. and oh. There is something there in Arizona. It's just a matter of getting buttoned up, sustainability, and closing. And by closing, do I mean win a Super Bowl? Not necessarily. Uh, does it mean getting there? Not necessarily. Maybe win the division, host a playoff game, win one game take that next step as a franchise. The Rams, meanwhile, they got good Matt Stafford because he only had to throw it 17 times. The Rams have got, you know, an offense that can strike really at any time. Uh, They can run the football now, too. You know, when you look at 140 yards on the ground from Michelle and Akers, six carries from Stafford, 22 yards and a touchdown, too, believe it or not. Uh, Jake Funk, whoever that is, had two carries and five yards. Um But just a really, really strong uh, game from the Rams. You know, SoFi was rocking. That defense right now is uh, playing lights-out football as well. I mean, Von Miller with another sack. Uh, These guys are all over the board. Aaron Donald, half a sack. Um, I I don't know. That front is really, really good. Uh, The middle and back aren't as strong. But they have Jalen Ramsey to make up for so much of that. And between Miller and between, uh, you know, uh, others on, on between Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, uh, that team right now defensively, man, they're good. It's going to come down to this for the Rams. You know, Matt Stafford on the road Green Bay, which is a perfect segue, a perfect transition into the four games This weekend, let's preview those in just a second before we do that. We are brought to you by our great friends over at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and Liverpool Physical Therapy. Folks, Pete and Mike and the gang are doing just a great job over there. If you're in and around Central New York, you need that post-op rehab and all the rest. Go to see my guys at Liverpool Physical Therapy. No doctor prescription is necessary for the first 10 physical therapy visits in New York State. That is a huge, huge help. Get on over to Liverpool Physical Therapy, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor right there on Old Liverpool Road in Liverpool, if you are in and around Central New York. Let's preview these four games here. And I guess I'll probably end up spending equal amount of time on the recap from last week and and then um, and then the games this week. And it's pretty simple. I just wanted to get into some of the, you know, Cowboys' future and Cardinals' future and all the rest. I that's one of the things I like to do in the NFL. When teams get eliminated, uh, I like to kind of peer into the crystal ball a little bit. But let's focus in on these four games, starting with the Bengals and the Titans. Um, this is probably the best weekend of football in, in the entire NFL because you have double headers on, you have one double header Saturday, one double header Sunday. Uh, the matchups are absolutely crazy good. Uh, I like, I love, love Conference Championship Sunday. I do. Uh, I do like the back-to-back though on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I like it that it starts late. You can kind of get some things done before the game before you know the the the, the games start. Um, you know, obviously, very few things beat my one o'clock Buffalo Bills right week in week out during the season. Just just kind of over and over. I, I you know one o'clock games. It it fits my schedule the best. Um, you know, but the divisional round. I thought for a long time it was conference championship Sunday, but now I think it's probably probably the divisional round. I mean, this is this is just going to be spectacular this weekend. The Bengals come into Tennessee, and Tennessee is a really rested bunch. Obviously, they were one of the two teams; the Packers being the other to uh, have a bye, and they're just a really good rested, <clears throat> you know, balanced team. And I think for Tennessee, you know, Derrick Henry, being back is obviously huge, but, you know, you just don't know how much you're going to be able to get out of him. And therefore, other, you know, running backs are going to have to step up. Um, I mean, look, Henry, you were talking about a broken foot, you know, and he had that surgery, and he's back in like 10 weeks. That's not a ton of time. Um I would expect him to get some carries you know early so that they can test him. Uh, Derrick Henry at 80 85% obviously is better than all the backs in the NFL, maybe save Jonathan Taylor. But I I again I just don't know how uh how how he's going to be. I I really don't. Um the Titans are going to need to establish a little bit of a ground game obviously. So that they can kind of control the clock, manage things, keep the ball away from Burrow and Chase, you know. And if they can run the ball, we know what this team can do. You know, with the likes of the receiver corps, we've seen AJ Brown dominate in pockets this year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is most <clears throat> comfortable <clears throat> when he can work off of that play action and hit his guys you know, work into short yardage situations, not third and long, you know, manageable second and sixes, manageable, you know, second and shorts, get it back to the running back and, and extend the change and, and move on. Um, it, it, it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting game. I, I know that Cincinnati's the hot team. They're the hot, you know, pick Burrow, chase and all that. They, they do have a very good front that can run, run after the, uh, the ground game and, 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 and rush the passer. Um. But I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to take the rested team. I'm going to take a really well-coached team in Mike Vrabel and the Titans. And I'm going to pick Tennessee in this game. I think they win this thing actually by double digits. I, I, I'm going to go 28. Well, no, just under double digits. I'm going to go 28 to, uh, to 23, Tennessee in this game. I think they try to make it you know, a physical, defensive football game. And so I'll go Tennessee 28-23. They're favored by three and a half, so that would cover the spread if you're a better out there, which I am not. 49ers at the Packers. Wow, wow, wow. Fasten your seat belts. The 49ers play physical. They've got the defense to get it after Aaron Rodgers. Uh they have the offense with the ground game that can kind of, I think, you know, kind of compete with <clears throat> some of the firepower on Green Bay. Um You know, I'm very interested to see the Packer defense. You know, they're getting some big-time players back, of course. Um, But I'm very interested to see how they defend, you know, Debo Samuel here with all the motion with Kyle Shanahan and his group. um, I think this game's going to come down to a couple of things. Number one, can the 49ers create, you know, some turnovers defensively against this Green Bay offense? Uh, We've seen the 49ers have Rodgers' number in the past. Um, You know, will they have his number again? Uh, physicality, turnovers, all that. The 49er defense, how how can they change the game against Green Bay? Um, that's one big thing. Another huge thing is, is obviously Jimmy Garoppolo. If this is a close game late and you're a 49er fan and Garoppolo has the ball and you need a score, is he going to be... And, again, there's a few of these quarterbacks out there like this. Matt Stafford's like this. Jimmy G is like this. To a degree, if he doesn't have a power ground game, Ryan Tannehill can get like this. Will it be good or bad, Jimmy G, right? Will it be the guy who manages the game, makes a couple of tight throws, you know, finds a security blanket in George Kittle and and doesn't over-pursue and doesn't overdo it, throwing in tight windows, uh, you know, an open window so it looks, but he throws it into actually really a tight window and, and doesn't make the right reads and turns the ball over, you know, to me, those are those are big things right there, you know. I think those two things are probably uh, going to decide the game, I think, as is third down. Um, you know, these teams, you know, the Packers are great on third down. The 49ers can can trick you on third down, you know, third and short or third and long because, They just have so many weapons. You know, when you think they're going to run, they throw. When you think they're going to throw, they run. Uh, Jet sweeps, screens, the tight end, Debo Samuel all over the place. This 49er team, you know, this is a tough game, obviously, going into Lambeau. But they physically, mentally know that they can beat anybody right now. And they certainly can beat Green Bay because they have the DNA. They have the football makeup to take out the Green Bay Packers with that ground game and that really physical, tormenting defense. However, again, I'm going with the home team. I'm going with the rested team. Uh, This club, Green Bay, again, is going to get a bunch of defensive staples back. Uh, Rodgers to Devontae Adams, I'll go with that, and I will go with the Packers' ground game. I will go with the Packers' depth. I will go with the Packers' balance. I will go with what got Green Bay here. You know, to the dance in the first place. Um, and it is all of those things. You know, the roster building of Brian Gutenkins, it's really shown all year. And this team, you know, look at Devondre Campbell and what he did. Uh, the Packers now, with, with, with a lot of defensive help, uh, a lot of guys coming back. Zadarius Smith is in, I believe, and, and I think I read that Jair Alexander's back as well. Um, I think. Uh, this team I picked to win the Super Bowl. I am not wavering uh, wavering from that uh, at all. And uh, I got to tell you, there's nothing like Lambeau in January for the playoffs. Um, I'm pulling up a report here from Packers Wire. Um, Yes, so this report going back to, as I record this on a Friday, this report goes back to a Wednesday. The Packers could have, David Bactieri, Jair Alexander, and Zedaria Smith on the field for the divisional round matchup against the 49ers. So what I was saying before is, you know, they're expected to have these guys back. You know, it'll probably be a game-time thing. Maybe they'll release it today or tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, But listen to this. It would not only be the first time all three play together this year, but the the first time the three have played together since week 16 of 2020. And we know, you know, again, it's very interesting when you get guys back. Same thing with Derrick Henry. How does it affect the chemistry of the ball club? I mean, a lot of these guys are just really, really great players to begin with, and, and you just don't worry about that. But Green Bay's, you know, defense was hum it, humming, and you just wonder, you know, hey, now with these guys back, you know, does it limit Campbell's playing time? Um, do you share reps across the board? I, I don't know how it works. Um, what I do know. Is that it's a very, 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 very tall order uh, to expect these guys to come back and dominate? Maybe they will. I don't know, but they'll be back. Maybe a rep here and there. Maybe, maybe the, these guys just go on third down. Who knows? Um, but I'm going to go with what got the Packers to the dance, and that's a two-headed monster on the ground. You know, with with Jones and and Dylan. Uh, It's Rodgers to Adams. It's the offensive line that has been really good. Um, It's the tremendous uh, depth and versatility on both sides of the ball. Green Bay, how many points do they put up in this weather? Eh, It's going to be cold. I don't think it's going to snow. I don't think the wind will be that bad. Green Bay favored by 5.5. I'm going to take Green Bay 30-26 to in this game over the 49ers, and that would mean that they would not cover if you're a betting person, which I am not. Again, repeat, I am not. Buccaneers, home for the the L.A. Rams, and, and here's the thing. The Rams have had success in the past against Tampa. I want to pick the Rams so bad. I love the way they played last week against Arizona. This is a confident group. It's warm weather. They'll be able to sling it around. This is definitely a better matchup for them than going into Green Bay. But as long as Tom Brady is on the other side, Tampa Bay has a shot to win every single game. This team was great at home, 7-1. They won 13 games in the regular season, kind of almost did it quietly. I know that Tampa Bay's missing people. You know, Godwin has has been gone here for, for a bit and gone for the year. Fournette's out. But Tampa has had, and again, credit the front office, another team that has just had a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable run at building the roster, building blocks, figuring out, you know, who goes where. Um, and and then, you know, you, you've got a, a, a situation um, where, you know, I, I think, <laughs> let's face it, you know, Brady, Brady is a surgeon. You know, he, he really is. I mean, I just think when you look at this game, you know, the way Tampa's defense is playing, they're healthy. Levante, David, those linebackers are all over the place. They're starting to round into form. The pass rush is there. Vita Vea takes up so much space in the middle. I just, I like the Buccaneers in this game. I'm going to pick them 34 to uh, 24 uh, in this game, and, you know, Giovanni Bernard, right, is now in there, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, wh- where do the Buccaneers find these guys, you know, and it's just, it's, it's going to be one after another, and they're all, <clears throat> I'm sure, taking extra reps with Brady, preparing, and, and he knows exactly who these guys are, and, you know, and what they're going to do, <clears throat> and, and he's such a team guy. He's such a team-building, bonding guy, um, such a leader. And it's just awfully hard for me to go against Tampa Bay in this spot. It really is, you know, and Todd Bowles' defense is flying. I mean, I don't want anything to do with that defense. I really don't. Devin White, Levante David, you know, they ran it back this year, Vita Vea, you know, and look at where they are. They're back in the divisional round with pieces missing, you know, can they win a Super Bowl again without all their offensive, you know, offensive talent? <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, Lenny Fournette, playoff Lenny, and and Godwin are such a big part of it. But again, it seems like whatever happens is, is just it's Tom Brady, you know, and, and why do you bet against Tom Brady? I, I mean, my God, haven't we seen enough here to know? And finally, the Bills and the Chiefs, on Sunday night is just, you know, let's just kick it off and see. Because these two teams are hot. Um, The Chiefs have have won 11 of their last 13, um, including the playoff game over Pittsburgh. Uh, The Bills have won a few games in a row here, you know, going into the playoffs. They hosted and they blew the doors off the Patriots. Very rarely... You know, do you see a Bill Belichick defense get humiliated like that? That's exactly what Josh Allen did. And the two quarterbacks are humming right now. Uh, Many people, I know I heard Jim Monas on the Go Long podcast with Tyler Dunn say that, you know, he thinks it's two and three and he doesn't care what order you put him in. Uh, he's got Aaron Rodgers number one. It's hard to argue that. Uh, I'd probably agree with that. Uh, Allen and Mahomes are right after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, and it it might not be one and two. It might be like one and one A and double A. And I mean, they're that good right now. Uh, Allen was flawless last week. Mahomes was flawless last week. And these two teams really do mirror each other. The difference is the Bills have not gotten to the Super Bowl with this group. And in order to do that, they got to get through the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, listen. If the, if the Bills had just beaten the Titans, right, if Josh Allen, and I know the Jaguars' loss was brutal, but if 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 the Bills had beaten the Jaguars, they wouldn't be hosting throughout the NFL playoffs. If they had beaten, you know, if they had beaten the Jags and won one more game, they'd be hosting the Chiefs. So you could say it for this game in particular, Ah, eh, you, you know, you fall, you slip against the Titans, Deion Dawkins gets blown up. Very rarely does that happen with your 6'5", 240-pound quarterback uh, nah, eh, okay, but you lost the Jags. Oh, boy, if you beat the Jags, you're hosting this weekend if you're the Bills. That hurts. Uh, not that they can't go and win it on the road, but, man, wouldn't it have been nice to have Bills Mafia behind you uh, for another home game in Western New York? You know, but if they had beaten the Titans instead of the Jaguars, they'd have home field throughout the playoffs, right? Because, again, 12-5, and five, they'd have the tiebreak over Kansas City, but more importantly, they would have had a tiebreak over the Titans. Uh You know, and in fact, um, the Bills uh, and I say tiebreak as far as going through the regular season and figure out, you know, what teams can finish ahead of others. But in this case, if the Bills had won, they would have been twelve and five, and the Titans would have been eleven and six. Can't go back in time. All you can do is move forward. And all I know is that this Bills team is a confident, confident group. Uh, I know that they beat them earlier in the year, and this is kind of like a I think maybe a budding rivalry here. I mean, could this become Colts, Patriots, Steelers, Ravens? Uh, You know, if you're a Bills fan, you hope so, but you hope it's not as one-sided as Patriots-Colts. I mean, the Colts did take care of business. uh, You know, what was it, 2006 against the Patriots, I think, at the AFC title game uh, in comeback form. Then they win the Super Bowl. But for the most part, the Patriots took care of business against the Indianapolis Colts. Ravens and Steelers, it's been kind of a 50-50 deal, regular season, postseason. Uh, both franchises obviously winning Super Bowls. Um, you hope it's a, closer to that than Patriots-Colts, I think, if you're a Bills fan. But, man, I mean, this game just has so much theater and and storylines and drama and budding rivalry talk and, and quarterback play. Uh, Allen Mahomes, they mirror each other. They really do. Uh, Great front offices, you know, uh, you got unbelievable GMs, Brett uh, Brett Veach in in Kansas City, and obviously, you know, Brandon Bean in Buffalo. Uh, We've heard until the cows come home, right, we really have uh, about, um, you know, the Andy Reid, Sean McDermott, you know, relationship, the coaching tree, blah, blah, blah. We've heard that, uh, you know, until we're blue in the face. But great coaching staffs, both sides, Andy Reid, Eric Biannimi, Steve Spagnuolo, uh, you know, and on the other side, Josh, uh, Josh Allen's had Brian Dable for multiple years now, Leslie Frazier, um, you know, Sean McDermott, obviously, he, he really keeps this team level-headed and grounded week in, week out. Uh, this game is so hard for me to pick. Uh, I think I'm going to take the Bills uh, on, a, on a late field goal. I think it might come down to who has the ball last the Chiefs are favored by one and a half. Uh, obviously, if you're a better, you go Bills here based on my pick. Um, I think that the Bills maybe get a late field goal, and I'm going to take them 34-31 to 31, uh, in this game. Uh, and the reason, look, third down will be huge. Red zone offense will be huge. Uh, a lot of things, turnovers. The one thing... The area where I think the Bills... I'll give you one area where I think the Bills can win and one where I think the Chiefs can win. For the Chiefs first, actually. Is Josh Allen going to make that one mistake? I know he didn't do it against New England. I know he just embarrassed New England. But this is a different game. It's a different team. It's on the road. Spagnolo, I think, is going to blitz more. I think the blitzing could help Josh Allen because he's just so good and so quick in terms of reading uh, blitzes. But again... If Allen makes the one mistake, maybe the Bills get into a little bit of trouble here. He's got to just – and I'm not saying he has to pitch another perfect game, for God's sakes, but he can't turn the ball over, right? And where I think the Bills could really have an advantage in this game, uh, there's actually two. There's two things. One, I think the Bills are going to be able to run the football um, against this Chiefs defense. I just think the Chiefs aren't that good against the run Um and I think, you know, with with McKenzie in motion and the jet sweeps and keeping the the offense balanced and and the now powerful Devin Singletary, maybe a little bit of Zach Moss in the fourth quarter wearing down the Chiefs front. Um, the Bills are able to run the ball. You get Josh Allen out of the pocket running here and there as well. Um, you know, second and shorts, you know, maybe you get Josh Allen doing the the, the rollout, getting the blockade of of guys. Um that's big. Um You know, and I think the Bills' defense could get more pressure on Mahomes than the Chiefs can get on Allen, whether both sides blitz a lot or not. Uh, I think the Chiefs will blitz more than the Bills will. Um, That could help Allen even more because gets it out of his hands quickly and could create more man-to-man situations with the likes of Diggs and Davis and Beasley. Uh, Dawson Knox could be another huge element here for Buffalo uh, in this game, especially in the red zone. Um, So those are a couple of areas I think the Bills, uh, you know, could really be uh, at an advantage. And, you know, the Bills, again, they continue to be a very, very healthy team. Mario Addison all week was day-to-day with the shoulder, uh, banged up against New England. That's the only blemish on the roster for the Buffalo Bills. The offensive line has been unbelievable the last several games. They have not allowed a sack uh, to Allen uh, in, I think, four games now in running. Um, you've got Spencer Brown on the right tackle spot, Daryl Williams right guard, Mitch Morse at center, Ryan Bates at left guard, and of course the staple franchise uh, blindside protector left tackle and Deion Dawkins. Um, the offensive line has been nothing short of spectacular. Uh, this team is primed; they're ready. The Super Bowl window has never been more wide open. Um, they're playing the Chiefs for the fourth time in 14 months. Uh, they lost last year's AFC title game. They lost last year in the regular season. An ounce of revenge won earlier this year. That was a great win, a nice win for the Bills. It gives them the mental idea that they can go in and win again because they've already done it. But it, truth be told, that game doesn't mean anything this week. What matters this week is this week. And, you know, the Bills, if they're going to get to the Super Bowl, if they're going to win the whole darn thing even, they've got to get through this Kansas City Chiefs team. We'll see. Buckle up, man. It's going to be unbelievable. By the way, uh wanted to quickly, uh, so just to, to recap, I'm picking the Titans, picking the Packers, I'm picking the Bucks, and I'm picking the Bills uh, in these four games. And real quick, going back to the Super Wild Card weekend, I mean, the game ball goes to Josh Allen. I mean, it has to. Uh, pitch basically a perfect game against a Belichick defense. And I know that was, you know, Barmore was banged up. I know there were several guys banged up on New England. but there were a few guys who weren't, and McCourty wasn't, Duger wasn't, uh, Van Noy wasn't, and they got smoked. Josh Allen, 21-25 of for 308 yards, five touchdowns, QBR of 98.5, rating of 157.6, and he also had 66 yards on the ground on six carries. Yeah, super wild card weekend game ball going to Josh Allen. I'm Mike Lindsley. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Keep the download subscriptions uh, coming, uh, five-star reviews and feedback help. And, of course, you can hit me on Twitter, at Sports. We are brought to you by Welch & Company Jewelers. Log on to welchjewelers.com today and shop the showcase. Tip of the cap, thank you as well to the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, Camillus Golf Club, Brian Conboy of Mutual, New York State. And our great friends over at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company. If you're in and around Victor and Rochester area, get on over there, try all their great beers. They've got some Amber Ale stuff, they've got the Irish Red Ale. Uh, You can get the Crowlers, the Growlers, you name it, over there at Stumbling Monkey Brewing Company, the official brewery of the ML Sports Platter. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.